This show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. Being human doesn't come with the user manual, and sometimes we don't have the tools we need to navigate life's stressors. Luckily, working with a therapist can help you gather those tools. Visit betterhelp.com super and navigate life with a little more ease. Hey brother, Ron Weasley. To have read the books is to understand that Ron is basically the best friend a guy could have. He's an invaluable member of the Golden Trio who definitely pulls his weight and is not closer to like, you know, like five, five per five percent or something? Well, if you've only seen the movies, then no, that is probably not the conclusion you've come to. Like Harry kills Voldemort, so we have to like by default give him at least 51%, right? And then Hermione does like everything else. So you want to give her the other 49? But then I guess Ron did win that chess match and he did save Harry from the pond after abandoning him in the first place. So yeah, sure, Ron, go ahead and take a complimentary 5% of effort. That's a real gold star for you. We're gonna put that in the fridge, all right? Yeah, that's good job, buddy. My point is, in the books, Ron's contributions are obvious. He is the constant loyal best friend, the morale booster, the strategist who can keep a cool head when others, let's say, I don't know, Hermione, can't. But for whatever reason, the movies skim almost all of that away, and it's a real shame. So today I wanted to go over all the ways in which the movies failed Ron Not me, not Hermione, you. Hey guys, if you're a longtime viewer of the channel, you may have noticed that over the past couple of weeks, we've been trying out a Wednesday-Friday upload schedule instead of Tuesday-Thursday, like we've been doing for almost ever. Uh, it's something we've been trying out and wanting to maybe shift to, and after the past couple of weeks, we have decided that will be the official schedule moving forward for Super Carl and Brothers. So just readjust your brain. Uploads will now happen on Wednesday and Friday. But now let's talk Ron Weasley. Look, I'm not one who typically nitpicks too hard on the movies. I understand that there's going to be differences from page to screen. But when it comes to Ron, you know, Harry's best friend, one of the three main characters, I would hardly call it nitpicking. Because it almost seems like they went out of their way constantly to make sure that Ron was just like almost never really that helpful. Like I have literally had conversations with people who have not read the books and only seen the movies who wondered, what was Ron's real contribution anyway? Like, what, what was the point of it? And while there were a lot of weird choices with Ron over the course of the movies, I think it mostly comes down to two main things. First was the decision to mostly make Ron sort of the comic relief character, like how he's just always shoving food in his face. But the second and kind of bigger one was the decision to give most of Ron's character development and critical contributions to the plot to Hermione instead. Like, I don't know if they thought that Harry constantly needing to be informed by both of his other best friends would make Harry look stupid or something. Whereas maybe if it was always just coming from Hermione, it would just, just make Hermione look smart. Which I guess is okay, but the problem is Harry has lots of other really big redeeming moments. Like, you know, constantly defeating Voldemort. Ron, on the other hand, is just, you know, left there eating sausages. Anyway, let's go over it book by book. Philosopher's Stone is probably the movie that is kindest to Ron and that he still gets a few really big moments. That's wizard's chest. He's the first kid in the wizarding world to be nice to Harry. He shows him kindness. He defeats the troll on Halloween. He tells Harry about the invisibility cloak and most importantly, he beats the chess set through the trap door. Fantasy three. Even if you just watch the movie, you walk away feeling like 
yeah, Ron was important to Harry's success. But that's not to say the movies don't still undermine him a little bit. For example, in the movie, Ron's defeat of the troll is great, except that Hermione is literally coaching him through it from beneath the sink. Meanwhile, in the book, Hermione had sunk to the floor in fright. Ron pulled out his own wand. Not knowing what he was going to do, he heard himself cry the first spell that came into his head. Wingardium Leviosa! Oh, so instead, Hermione was just genuinely afraid, and Ron, on pure instinct, saves the day. And a similar thing happens when they fall through the trap door into the devil's snare. In the movie, Ron panics. Hermione remembers the solution and saves him. But in the book, while Hermione does remember the solution... Devil snare, devil snare. What did Professor Sprout say? It likes the dark and the damp. So light a fire! Harry choked. Yes, of course, but there's no wood. Have you gone mad? Are you a witch or not? I know this feel minor, but it is two examples back to back of Hermione undercutting Ron's cool head in a tough situation. And Chamber of Secrets only continues this trend. Possibly the most well-known example of Hermione stealing Ron's lines happens right here in Hagrid's hut after Ron tries to attack Malfoy for insulting Hermione by calling her mudblood. In the book, she can tell it was rude, but doesn't quite understand the severity of the slur. But Ron does. It's about the most insulting thing he could think of, gasped Ron. Mudblood's a really foul name for someone who's muggle-born. You know, non-magic parents. There's some wizards, like Malfoy's family, who think they're better than everyone else because they're what people call pure blood. Meanwhile, over in the movie... It means dirty blood. Mudblood's a really foul name for someone who is muggle-born. Someone with non-magic parents. Someone like me. Oh, and it is so frustrating because this is exactly the point of Ron! To fill in the other two on the ins and outs of the wizarding world culture. And like even in the movie, Ron obviously understands the slur because that's why he tried to defend Hermione and shot the spell at himself. So why isn't he the one explaining it? Hermione grew up in the muggle world, sheltered from this kind of thing. There is no reason for her to already know this term. I read about it in Hogwarts, a history. Oh, and then it continues. On basically that exact same note, Hermione also steals this line from Ron. Even in the wizarding world, hearing voices isn't a good sign. Ugh, like, excuse me, but what would you know about hearing voices in the wizarding world? Also, for what it's worth, in that exact same scene, Hermione also steals Harry's realization about how weird it is that he heard the voice and then they found Mrs. Norris all petrified. You hear this voice, a voice only you can hear, and then Mrs. Norris turns up petrified. It's just strange. And then they also cut Ron revealing that he's heard of the Chamber of Secrets before and him explaining what squibs are to Harry and Hermione. Whatever, moving on to Prisoner, where they take a brand new approach and I guess just make Ron, uh... Mean? So in year three, Harry, Ron, and Hermione have been best friends for a while now. And yet, in Snape's class, when he calls Hermione a know-it-all, in the movie, they have Ron respond. Do you take pride in being an insufferable know-it-all? He's got a point, you know. What? Are you kidding me? Harry and Ron hate Snape. And one movie ago, Ron was prepared to take on the entire Slytherin Quidditch team over the phrase mudblood. Like, shouldn't he be defending Hermione in this moment? In fact, yes. And in the books, that is exactly what he does. Ron, who told Hermione she was a know-it-all at least twice a week, said loudly, you asked us a question and she knows the answer. Why ask if you don't want to be told? Oh, and then don't even get me started on this one. If you want to kill Harry, you'll have to kill us too. No, Harry, Hermione gasped in a petrified whisper. Ron, however, spoke to Black. 
If you want to kill Harry, you'll have to kill us too, he said fiercely, though the effort of standing upright was draining him of still more color, and he swayed slightly as he spoke. For context there, this is happening in the Shrieking Shack. Ron has just broken his ankle, then been dragged through a tunnel by an enormous dog who turned into Sirius Black, a man Ron believes in the moment to be a convicted murderer, and yet Ron still manages to stand up on his ankle and defend Harry. I mean... That is some serious bravery Hermione ends up getting to take credit for in the movie. And it's the second time in the movie that they've prevented Ron from standing up for his friends. But hey, at least they'll let him make this blunder with Dumbledore later. He's my rat, sir. He's not really a rat. Well, he was a rat. He was my brother Percy's rat. But then they gave him an owl. Point is, we know the truth. Yeah, that scene doesn't happen in the book. Goblet of Fire! Again, Ron isn't given a whole lot to do in this movie. I mean, it is the one where he, like, unfriends Harry on Hogbook for a while, but the impact isn't felt nearly as much because Ron's character on screen hasn't been developed nearly as much as it has been in the books. Now, to be fair, Ron is given an extra scene in this movie where he gets to dance with McGonagall, which is awkward and hilarious, but also is totally just played for laughs. But maybe my least favorite Ron moment in the Goblet movie is right here after Ron asks out Floor and gets rejected. Don't get me wrong, it's funny, but in the books, Floor is part Vila. She literally has a magical aura that makes men fawn over her. And Ron in particular is especially susceptible to this, which is what makes him make a fool of himself. But in the movie, Floor is never established as a Vila at all. They don't even have Vilas. They don't tell you what they do or anything. She's just a regular girl, which means Ron isn't being like magically hoodwinked or put under some sort of spell. He's just shallow. You know, I like it when they walk. Now, I suppose to be fair, book Ron is also shallow this year. Oh, I see. So basically, you're going to take the best looking girl who'll have you, even if she's completely horrible. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right, said Ron. So yeah, there's that. But in this instance with Floor, he is done wrong. Actually, kind of on the same note, Goblet is also the book where Hermione's teeth get hit by a jinx that cause them to grow, and then Snape is all like, I see no difference. Which is a truly awful thing to say, and the end result is that Harry and Ron forget their fighting and both start screaming at Snape so loud, coming to Hermione's defense. But predictably, <laughs> that didn't make it into the movie. Honestly, no wonder she hasn't got any friends. All right, guys, and now we need to pause for a second to give a big shout out to today's sponsor, Mint Mobile. Okay, guys, we all know the story print contracts, waiting forever to get your new phone, and just getting hit again and again by surprise fees. I think it's safe to say that at this point, most of us have been ripped off at some point by big wireless providers. It seems like there's always a catch when it comes to these companies, and that's why we were excited to get to work with Mint Mobile. Trust me, when I heard they're offering wireless service for just 15 bucks a month, I thought there has got to be a catch. But after using the service and talking to them, it all made sense. There is no catch. Basically, they just sell wireless service online only so they can cut the cost of managing all those retail stores and pass those savings on to you. We have Mint Mobile on our office and personal phones and not only is the service just as consistent as our old providers but there has never been any surprise fees or long waits. So not only am I getting high quality service but I'm also saving money and stress. All plans come with unlimited talk and text and you'll get the best rate whether you're buying for one or your whole family. So get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get it shipped to your door for free. Just go to mintmobile.com slash super. One more time, cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month, mintmobile.com.
Amazon.com slash super. Link is in the description down below. Moving on to order, they cut another one of Ron's big accomplishments when they just dropped the entire prefect plot from the movie, which if you haven't read the books in year five, Ron is made a prefect over Harry for the Gryffindors, which doesn't really affect the plot that much. I understand why they dropped it, but it is a big accomplishment for Ron. It's like one of the few times his mom in the story is ever like, super duper proud of him. Then later in order, there's also this weird moment during the DA meetings where Ron suddenly like really arrogant and tells Hermione he's gonna go easy on her. I'll go easy on you. Thanks, Ronald. And obviously he loses, but like, Ron, have you even watched the last four movies? What about the situation made you think you had any chance here? Like, wh wh where is the arrogance coming from? But I bring it up because in the books, Ron's account of the situation goes more like this. That was really, really good, Harry, said Hermione when it was finally just her, Harry, and Ron left. Yeah, it was, said Ron enthusiastically as they slipped out of the door and watched it melt back into stone behind them. Did you see me disarm Hermione, Harry? Now, full context, Hermione is a little bit stung by this. She definitely got him more than he got her. But the point is, Ron is really proud of himself in that moment for beating Hermione at all because it is just generally understood that she's more talented. Like, yeah, he's bragging a little, but it's because he respects and admires how good Hermione is at magic. You're a little scary sometimes. Brilliant, but scary. Speaking of talent though, let's move on to Half-Blood Prince and the Quidditch tryouts that year. This is the year that McLagan tries out, and while it mostly goes down the same in the book and the movie with Hermione confunding McLagan. In the movie, Ron's tryouts look super goofy and lame, while McLagan's look awesome. Like in the movie, it really looks like Ron only gets the spot because Hermione confunds McLagan, when in the book, he genuinely makes really good saves as well. But honestly, that's pretty small potatoes compared to this next one, which just physically hurts me. It is when Hermione tells Harry that he needs her and Ron to find the Horcruxes. You need us, Harry. Nope. Nip, 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 nip. You know who is supposed to speak up first here? Ron. And it's not some gentle suggestion that Harry needs them. It is a statement. We'll be there, Harry. No hesitation. Well, well, there was like a long pause before that. It was like sort of like a moment of silence. This whole thing's supposed to be taking place at the funeral. We, your best friends, will be there. Meanwhile, where is Ron in this scene? In the movie. Over the, back there? Sitting alone? All moody like in the shadows? Why? Like, what What are you doing back there? There's plenty of room at this balcony. Man, like, join the conversation. Let Ron in. <laughs> then there's the Deathly Hallows. <sighs> hey, look, it's Hermione removing her parents' memories to keep them safe while she joins Harry to hunt the Horcruxes. Super glad they included that, but small question. Uh, where is Ron with the ghoul and the pajamas with the spattergroid in the attic? I mean, that was all his idea. It's the exact same gesture for his family while he goes to help Harry look for the Horcruxes. What about when they get captured at Malfoy Manor and they're at the basement and Bellatrix is upstairs like torturing Hermione and Ron is just like screaming at the ceiling? Nah, I mean, like he's obviously upset, but like no reason to be that emotional over it, right? What about here when Harry tells him he has to go, you know, die. Hermione gets to give him a hug. Do you don't think Ron wants to give his best friend a hug? 
before he dies? And of course, the big one in Deathly Hallows is when Ron abandons them for a while on the hunt for the Horcruxes. In the movies, this gets boiled down mostly to the love triangle in the tent and Ron feeling jealous or extra jealous as a result of the Horcrux. Which is a little insulting to Ron. Like, in the books, yes, the jealousy is a small part of it. But it also has a lot to do with all of Ron's own insecurities, always feeling second place to Harry, and feeling genuinely like the other two would just be better off without him. But hey, I get it. You can't put all of that into the movie. And if you want it to be about the love triangle, then I guess fine. But if you're gonna do that, then maybe don't also put in this scene with Harry and Hermione doing like a dance together. Because like if you put that in there, then like he he's not really being that insecure. He's just He's just right. To make it worse, that dance scene does not happen in the books like at all. Instead, days, literal days go by without Harry and Hermione really talking like at all because they are so depressed after Ron leaves. Like his absence is felt hard. But there you go, guys. Those are all the ways in which the movies failed Ron Weasley. I'm sure there's even more examples I didn't even cover in this video. If you want to mention them in the towel section down below, I would love to read them. But guys, as always, thanks so much for watching today's video. Don't forget to hit that like button and ring the bell so you don't miss any future videos from us. Remember, our new schedule is every Wednesday and Friday. If you want to see how Ron's wand was actually holding him back for his first two years at Hogwarts, you can check out this video right here. But Ben, otherwise, until next time, I will see you in another life, brother.